Assalamualaikum. Good morning and good evening to everyone. Hello. Good to see everyone. So I'm thinking uh, this two-week thing is too long. Let's go every week. <laughs> so I'm ready to go every week. Um, but I also noticed that even though we're doing the slides a second time, it's there's still 21 slides. But uh, <laughs> so let's see what we can do with this. All right, and so uh, so be uh, feel very welcome to interrupt at any time or put the raise hand and so on, um, and then also let me know if uh, someone's got a raised hand and I'm missing it. So so let's start with the share screen. Okay. All right, so we're looking at the Lam Alif, and in case anyone missed it, the Lam Alif is is. Um, the means the word al the the definitive uh, the definitive noun and la the negation and then it also uh, can be unknotted into two alifs a a so al which is the the and then la which is the no negation and then unknotted into two alifs so those are the two calligraphical ones there and the idea is that this that this calligraphy uh, suggests uh, this beautiful uh, entwining of the and braiding of the two. And then one of the features of this embraiding is that you don't know which one is the Aleph and which one is the Lam. And of course, Lam is Aleph Lam Mim. So that's also something to remember. So today we'll be speaking from the Lam Aleph. Okay. Let me just also make sure we've got yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and mute uh, all, and so and so I'll mute your mics, and then just unmute whenever you need to. Okay, okay. So we start out. Uh, what I didn't quite explain enough last time was that we're starting out with this thing called extremal variety, and Julian Barbour, who's uh, a physicist near Oxford, has come up with this idea of extremal variety. So the maximum variety. And he has been able to, for me at least, convince me that you can explain the beginning of the world with extreme variety. He says he takes that partly from uh, Leibniz and the monadologie, which we have on this part of the screen. Uh, I wrote to him and we, we chatted a bit on email and he was very excited about Ibn Arabi's uh, imagery. And so, but this idea of extremal variety is that this is the most perfect of all possible worlds. And so we, why is it the most perfect of all possible worlds? Because it is the most variegated or the most, has the most extreme variety. So, c'est le moyen d'obtenir autant de variété qui est possible, mais avec le plus grand ordre qui se puisse. And so, how can, what, what is the situation where there's the most variety and the most order? So random is different. Random it doesn't have a lot of variety and highly ordered systems don't have variety. So what is the most various and most um, ordered universe when everything is as much possible various or different from its neighbor? Now, Ibn Arabi uses this concept of the most, of the most perfect world uh, by talking about 
let's if I can move this a little bit. Yeah, the world is flush against the image of the true. So because the world is flush against the image of the true, it is the most perfect world. It's, it's a perfect representation of God. It's the perfect image of God. So we see ourselves in the mirror of the true, and then we stay there and ask, who is who? And so then this poem, so he is only by them, and they are only by him. They have nothing resembling them, and he has nothing resembling him. Oh, he, you who are heedless of our statement, be by them, and you will be by him. So right now I'm in, uh, in the early 400s, chapters 400s, and all of the poems are now very much Lam Alif poems. So it's, a, you know, you do this and tell me that it's mine, and I do that and you tell it's yours. Who are you and who am I? And so all the poems are moving this way, this very Lam Alif way. So, so if the world must be the most various world and every individual element must be as extremely different from the next one, then we have a certain kind of world. And that's the world that we have. So if all of the letters are all based on the Aleph, of course, but they all have to be extremely different. Each one is different from its neighbor. And so if each one is, is at the most different from its neighbor, it is a perfect world. This is the prefer, perfect, complete world. Okay, so now let's go into this a little bit of that the sort of the poetry or the the experience of this Lama Leaf poetry or Lama Leaf speaking. And so during this Lama Leaf speaking, uh, you should we will not always know who is who. Who is speaking? Uh, is it me? Is it God? So the who is who? We'll look at that. So make sure I've done everything first so far. Yeah. Okay. So we have the idea that there's ideal beauty. So if this baby is the most beautiful baby, then another beautiful baby should be just like that one or as much like that as possible. But this idea is telling us the opposite, that to be beautiful, the next baby has to be as most, as different as possible from this first baby. Okay. So we ask, but we ask we, when we're in this world, why can't every alif be written the same way? And why can't every lam be pronounced the same way? Ibn Arabi talks about how everyone's handwriting is different. Everyone's pronunciation is different. There is no one normal handwriting, normal way to make a, uh, a letter because this is not a normal curve. And there's no normal way to pronounce a word. So we begin to ask, why can't I have features which would inspire love? Why can't I? have a handwriting that when someone sees that handwriting they'll say oh that must be a great book that's being written because that handwriting is so beautiful and i so i can ask why can't i have features that would make someone look at me and say oh he is a lovely person and the answer is because the universe is the most perfectly complete of all possible worlds it has maximum variety with no repetition so never the same thing twice so then I begin to say from the Lama Leaf speech, inside of me there is a treasure hidden from view. There is no form which I can take which would make you see me. 
So there's no form that I could take and say, oh, that's the real true person that I'm looking at. That's the treasure that I've been looking for. So there's nothing that I can do which will make you love me. You have to love me for who I am, not for what I do for you. So this is, of course, the Lam Alif. Both the Lam and the Alif, both of them say, there's nothing I can do which will make you love me. You have to love me for who I am. So nature-based love is loving for something that you give to me. So that's reciprocating, requited love. So I'm good to you, you're good to me, and we have a love that goes back and forth and gets bigger and bigger because I do good things for you, you do good things for me. Divine-based love is not that way at all. It's unrequited, unreciprocal, non-back and forthing. <laughs> and so there's nothing in divine, so divine love is when you love or spirit-based love, you love this person for no nature or natural reason. So if I could look at it this way, um, let's say Ibn Arabi always says that lovers are tested. Why are lovers tested? So if I have a handsome jawline and I say, oh, this handsome jawline is going to make you look at me and you'll love me for what you see, then when you love me, I don't know if you love me for my handsome jawline or you love me for who my treasure is inside. And so the same way, if you love a beautiful, the sun which is shining and giving life to the earth, are you loving God because the sun gives life to the earth or are you loving God because there is a treasure hidden inside? So we're tested. If you're a lover who is a, a spirit-based lover, you are tested. So I have to find out whether if I didn't have this jawline, which is so handsome, would you still love me? So I have to test you. Okay. So when we get in the situation of extreme variety, no repetition, then everyone here, that is all of us and all the divine names, is one entity with many features. And these features are all different, extremely different, and none of them repeat. So every name then is the most tremendous name. So the question is, can you look past all this and see me and the treasure that's inside? So this feature or my ear, the earlobe or the hair or the tattered shirt of my beloved, the, all of those features are equally most tremendous. So any feature is conducive to love poetry. So if I have love poetry, the love poetry to, uh, you know, the rebel, rebel, your face is a mess, your dress is a, is a mess. That, the, the messy dress, the messy hair, any of those things are equally conducive to my love poetry. Because show me the least tremendous name, as Bayezid Bistami says, so I may show you the most tremendous. Now, another result of this kind of the situation of extreme variety and that nothing is more tremendous than anything else means that I have no name and there is no divine name and there is no my name, which is better than another, more conducive to indicating me than any other. So there is no divine name, which is more indicative of God than any other name. And so, with this, the lover begins to feel inadequate and to feel like a nothing. There's nothing to call the beloved. There's nothing to say, 
Look at my wonderful jawline. Look at the beautiful sun that is shining on you. Look at the beautiful sunset. Look at the way all these good things are given to you. Nothing like that can call the beloved back. And so we have a situation where, and I'll just use, say a little bit this, the one my heart calls out to. Let me just read that. That's a famous poem. So my heart calls out to the to this one, and he says, "Hold on, let me think. It's such a little thing. Uh, God knows where I put it." And so this is the feeling that the lover has. The beloved is saying, oh, that is such a little thing. It's such a nothing who loves me. Because it is such a nothing. There isn't anything tremendous about it because all of it is tremendous. And so God knows where I've left that lover. I've left him somewhere. So then this, uh, we'll go for another poem. This one is from a, a Bollywood movie, which was quite, quite good. And this is, we'll look at this distance, hidden treasure, the undifferentiated. So we go down one way, and then we're going to come up the other way. So what's happening is that the two uh, in this movie are uh, having a moment when uh, she's saying what she loves the most, and he's saying what he loves the most. But he starts out with what he doesn't love the most, what he dislikes the most. Um, and so, so he says, uh, yeah. So the first thing that he says he, he doesn't like, uh, that there's a distance between us and this is something I don't like, so distance. The next thing he says is, there's something hidden inside of you and that's something that bothers me. So there's a hidden treasure. The thing that is most you know, bothersome to me is, as much as I try to look inside your eyes, I see nothing. So in other words, they're non-differentiated. They're equally tremendous, all of them. So, and then he says, Now shall I tell you what I love the most? And then he's going to go back up. So, Your eyes are the thing that I like the most. There's nothing that I can see. So as much as I look in them, I can't see anything. And then the second one, the hidden treasure, there's been something hidden inside of you, and that's to me very loved. I love what is hidden inside of you. And then the most thing that he likes is this distance that's between us. If there wasn't this distance, there would be no reason or motive or movement for me to get close to you. So with this, we're getting the, everything is undifferentiated and that's a good thing. And there is a distance with this, the Lama leaf is unknotted, so it separates and then comes back. So separation and coming back, this process is something that is both the thing that you dislike the most, but it's also the thing you love the most. So we'll go, let me go back to the third line here, the most patient, the intensely thankful. So the lover then says, who will accept everything I do which is unpleasant and disliked? Who will accept every defect and fault and imperfection I have? Who will remove these hurts from me 
just because I dislike them. So in nature-based love, the beloved says, my hair is a mess. And the nature-based lover says, wow, that's such a mess. Let me go get you a brush and help you out there because it's something that I don't like to see. But divine-based love, spirit-based love, the, lo the beloved says, my hair is a mess. And then you say, uh, let me go get you a, a brush because you don't like to have the mess of a hair. But for me, it's something I love because it indicates who you are. So who will be most patient with this variety that's going to all these things, this variety which is making them no ideal of beauty, no place which is more beautiful than another, no name which is more tremendous than another. So who will be patient with that? And the one who can still see the beloved, that beloved will be intensely thankful. So sabur shakur, sabur shakur. So when the, the person says, I see, I don't see anything in you that is disliked by me, but you dislike this situation or this oppressive people or these ungrateful people or these arrogant people because you dislike them and I love you, I will do something about that. Not, I will remove them, not because I dislike them, but because you, my beloved, dislike them. And the one who speaks that way, the beloved is most patient and intensely thankful. Okay, so we're gonna have to move very quickly. So we talked about, so that's the I am the hidden treasure. So when you're speaking of the Lama Leaf, you're not sure who is the hidden treasure because both the Aleph and the Lam, of course, are hidden treasures. And then this idea of um, one of the things that uh, when I first was in the subcontinent, uh, one of the things all the kids would be told are all these stories about, you know, the beggar or the poor person or the tattered homeless person coming up to the door. And you would always be kind to that person and hospitable to that person because all these stories were saying, we don't know that could be a saint who's in, the, in these raggedy clothes, or that could be an angel who took the form of a human. So it's a way of helping children realize that you don't judge by the outside. You don't judge by the outside. We don't know what hidden treasure is in each individual. Okay. So this uh, seeing that each individual seeing who is the true treasure inside is this ilahi here. So we'll, let's have our ilahi. This mystic traveler comes from the desert like the angel Gabriel filling the horizon smiling with great attention who is a Quran? Thank you. 
of Yemen, dusting rows of burning white, the exalted pyramid. Ho, 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 So the golden letters of the Quran, the 14 letters, what makes them different or more tremendous than the others? Uh, only what's hidden inside. Okay, we have to move quickly, but this is the Haya. Haya covers up faults. Okay, and then Haya causes resembling confusion. So this is that we talked just very briefly from this presence concerning his name, the faithful Al-Mu'min, that is the divine name Al-Mu'min, which is the mirror name, because the mu'min is the mirror of the mu'min, he thanks his slaves for the blessing they bestowed on him by accepting the effects of the divine names in them. So the, this is where God says, thank you for accepting these names which made you look in, make you look not as beautiful as you wanted to look. Thank you for taking these names, which made you do things that you that did not feel good for you, that you did not want to do. Thank you for taking these names and this this jawline, which is not as handsome as the one you wanted it to be. So that's how Allah is Shakur, intensely thankful for us taking on this extreme variety. So extremal variety is taken on. It's something that we don't by nature like. And so we are thanked for taking it on. Okay. And then the, the Lamalif with the Zulfa. So in the subcontinent, you have Zulfon and Zulfa, this inter, interbraiding. And so the garden became Zulfa. The garden became intertwined with the Muttaqin, the ones who uh, are aware of Allah. And then 
the two legs, they, they aleph each other. So aleph is, it, so zulfa is this binding braid, and then aleph, the word aleph also means to become familiarly affectionate and intimate. So the two legs aleph each other. Okay, and then this is how that this this back and forth uh, cause and effect uh, cherisher and the cherished, and the divine and the one under the divine, the powering, the powered, the knowing, the known. Okay. And then this poem. Let's just go ahead and read this one. This is beautiful. The neck embrace. So this is a, this is a a technical term of what happens with in calligraphy, the neck embrace of the Aleph, utterly intimate, and the Lam, like two lovers floating through the years like a dream. The leg swirls around the leg, which becomes mighty, and there came to me from the two wrapped in twine a sign. So the wrapped is also the Prophet wrapped up in the cloak. The pulsing heart, as his meaning is in his embrace, there appears to him a bringing out to being and an annihilation. So a positive and a negative, a bringing out to being and an annihilation. And we see that then, Ibn Arabi shows us the la ilaha illallah. He shows us the two negations and the two affirmations. So the la, the lamalif, comes out as two affirmations and two negations. Okay. And then the other way these, these words work, Ibn Arabi tells us that the al has contained within it the kun, the be and it is, kun fayakun. So the alif is there, there's the lam, and the lam has that ink pot at the bottom, and that ink pot is a nun. And so the, the nun, but the nun also has a, its own uh, alif, its own dot. So the dot of the nun stretches out into another dimension and becomes an aleph. So when you look down at something, at a stick, you see a point. When you look sideways at a stick, you see a line. So the point of the nun is looked at this way, becomes a line. So the nun, its or her aleph becomes stretched out as an, a long aleph, and so you have a K coming, this kaf right here is the K. And then the nun is inside here, and the kun, Ibn Arabi keeps saying that all things come from three, and he says, if you object that the kun is only two letters, then I'll tell you that the u, the wav, is inside. So the wav is inside the nun. So the kaf comes with the wav inside the nun, then kawana, kawana, they both move, and after they kawana and are finished, then the two separate and the wav is removed, and you have kaun, the being. Okay? And so the al also has the mirror effect. So you can see why the dervishes love this mirror calligraphy, because it's who is who, which one is the aleph, which one is the lam, and then in Allah who, you have al mirrored with la. So al, la, and then who, who mirrors itself on both sides. So that's why we love to see the mirror calligraphy. Okay. So the geometric uh, algebra of one times one. So what happens is that when 
I was trying to understand Ibn Arabi and he was talking about numbers all the time. And I thought, well, I know what numbers are. And then I realized, no, I don't know what numbers are. Numbers are not necessarily always one dimensional. They're often two dimensionals. Two dimensional numbers are called complex numbers because they have a, this component and they have this component. So they have two dimensions to them. And then there are higher dimensional numbers as well. So when two of two vectors, uh, one vector hits another one vector, and so in Arabic, hitting is what multiplication is. Uh, when the two strike each other, then there are two effects. You can have a single alif, a single one, or you can have a one with another one slip behind it. And so Ibn Arabi says that when the old strikes the new, it's not the same as when the new strikes the old. So this is a non-commutative mathematics. So non-commutative, it doesn't go back and forth the same way. And the way to remember this is in the far side, they had a great cartoon where Doug has in his room, his bedroom, has a sign that says, first socks, then shoes. Because socks and shoes are not a commutative situation. They're non-commutative. It makes a difference which one you put on first. So Ibn Arabi says, when the old strikes the new, the old slides inside the new, and all you see is the new. So this is the statement, I am going to make in the earth a khalifa, someone who, will, who I will act behind, from behind. And so when the, the old Allah strikes the new Adam, that all the old slides behind Adam and all you see is Adam. So all you see is the Khalifa. You don't see God anymore. And then the other effect is multiplying the new to the old. And that's Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All place belongs to God, the cherisher of the worlds. Now the worlds here is new. So when it is striking uh, the old, the new hides behind the old and all you see is the old. So all you see is Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So this is how this geometric algebra takes place. So the, the question of who is who, it also depends who hit who first or who struck whom. And so if you are a Khalifa, then behind you acting is God. So we see you, but behind you, someone else is acting. Okay. And so this being able to see the face behind every face and the 14 golden letters of Quran, this is what we train our children to, to do, to not judge by the outside. So Ibn Arabi tells the story, the, the, the child is, is suckling at the breast and uh, a fancy rich man walks by and the mother says, oh, Allahumma, make my child, you know, rich and well-respected like this person. And the child, and he takes his mouth off and says, uh, Allahumma, don't make me like such a person. He got his money dishonestly. And then a woman is being uh, taken through the streets uh, uh, to be imprisoned. And... Uh, and, and for adultery or something. And so the mother says, Allahumma, don't let my son be like her. And the son says, Allahumma, make me like her because she is innocent to what they accuse her of. So learning how to see 
the treasure inside and not judged by the outside. So now we'll hear this Elahi. Inshallah. What need have I for sweetness or bliss? I long for Allah. Allah alone exists. What is there outside the heart to draw me into the play? There is only la ilaha illallah. This world lives in childish nostalgia. Empty memory, empty hope. I belong to fullness, freedom, open space. La ilaha illallah. My concern is not for passing mystic states. I long for Allah, Allah alone exists. Where is soul and paradise when all the mirrors melt? There is only la ilaha illallah. Unity the only cure for this fever. This delusion, separation, unity, my sultan, my only beloved. La ilaha illallah. I am weeping, only weeping. No nightingale, no moonlight, no rose. Brilliant black heart, sky empty of stars and names. There is only la ilaha illallah. This servant of Ashki wakens from life's dream. I am a vessel filled with light on the dark blue sheepskin secret of Nuruddin. La ilaha illallah. Beautiful, thank you. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to quote that. So keep that one sentence there. Brilliant black heart sky, empty of stars and names. So watch that for the last poem we look at. <laughs> so this is the idea of that when things are projected onto a screen, they can be projected, they can be close together, but project far apart. So some things are, some two alephs and lams are close together, but they are far apart when it comes to the screen. And so we have the example of Adam and Eve and Muzdalifa. So Muzdalifa comes from the word Zulfa, and then Arafat comes from the word Arafat, she recognized who, 
him. So Arafat who means she recognized him. So Eve recognizes Adam and then Azdalafa, they go to Muzdalifa and they are twined like braids. So this is uh, the way the two words come out of Zulfa and, and Muzdalifa and then Arafat. So Arafat is the single recognition and Muzdalifa is where the two come together. And that's why Muzdalifa is also called Jama, the place where the, they combine. Okay, and we talked about unknotting the alif lam, and unknotting the alif lam means that to bring to bring them now apart and to see which is which one is which. And at one point, when you bring them apart, you realize that both are Allah. And we have an Allahi which says from Allah's heart to Allah's heart. So this is the unknotting of the lam and the alif. And so we can go away from what bothers us what gives us doubt and then we go into what brings us tranquility which is the truth and so those with faith and whose hearts are tranquil through the dhikr of Allah is it not through that through their remembrance of God hearts find rest and tranquility and so rest and tranquility if the heart goes to the next ayah oh you nafs which has been restful and tranquil, return to your cherisher. Your cherisher is well pleased with you and you are well pleased with your cherisher. Enter in with my creatures and enter into my garden. And so this, uh, remember the, the brilliant black sky? So yes, indeed, Ibn Arabi's poem on Hayat. Haya is a key to a door entering on God. And indeed, my secret heart towards this opening is an opener. So if you open, you will see a light with which who illuminates a face. So beautiful, above this face, the light intensely apparent. It is as if he were in the light blocking of the night. If your two eyes view his image, a light, a lit dawn and a lit lamp. So this is the brilliant black heart sky. And so unnot the lama leaf. And we talked about that. And now uh, we will have, let's see if we can have our beautiful song. This is a, apparently a Bosnian song that Farida is singing. And uh, so let's, and so everyone wave if, if something, if it doesn't work. Here we go. Okay. Let me know if everyone can hear.
So, thank you all. So you've gotten some slides before. If there's any particular questions, we can look at the kun fayakun or anything else that came up. So, Shweb? Yes, yes. Oh, is that I Rahmani? have one question. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So one question. When you say who is who, are you spelling it H-U is H-U? Or H a W-H-O is who? Or <laughs> WHO is WHO. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's uh, it's all, all all of those, all of the above, definitely. And and it's so interesting because in Arabic, uh, Ibn Arabi does the same kind of thing where he he mixes up words that have have two meanings, and he loves to give them to you and say, which meaning am I talking about? So definitely, who is who is uh, HU and WHO for sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's a question in your chat box. Okay, okay. Oh, and a raised hand too. Um, okay. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. The the kun fayakun. Uh, so that that's that's the one that gets uh, very explicit. So, um, but it, I'll I'll write that to uh, Lishan later. I think um, that's the the kaf and the noon when they join together and how they create kaun, how they create the being. Okay, and we have a raised hand of Moedin Clark. Uh, you raised hand, please. Yeah. So um, the, you you haven't said anything about the, the Lam Aleph, the, the affirmative Lam Aleph. You talk about the negative Lam Aleph. And yeah. Okay. I I didn't hear the rest of that. Yeah. You have to say something about that. About the 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 negative and the positive. The affirmative Aleph, yeah, right. right, yeah, so what is very interesting, I've been working on it uh, every now and then, uh, the Al is the definite and the, the affirmative, and the La is the negation. And what's interesting is that when you go through Quran, there are many times when you can put the affirmation where the negation is and get something that makes beautiful sense uh, and vice versa. So it is... Uh, it seems to be how they could be interchangeable. It seems very strange, but actually it could, uh, like, let's just say la ilaha illallah. It could, you could switch the la to al, al ilaha illallah. The God is only God. And so the, the negation and the affirmation uh, give, bring us to the same point. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was thinking more of the la as in la la bihad al balad. As in la is the, 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 the not, not, it doesn't say al, but right. it's la Right. Yeah, the, I mean, Ibn Arabi has a list in, in chapter two. He has a list of the, the when, of the la's and the, the al and the la, which are lama leaves, which can be interchanged. And then he has a list of the ones that cannot be. So he, 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 that's chapter two. So go to chapter two and, and he'll, give this, he'll give a list of those, uh, like la antum, la antum uh, can't be, uh, is not a la malif. So it, it's because it's a la and a ah, which is part of antum. So he, he has a list of that. So, and that's uh, the yeah. Chapter uh, two. Yes. Uh, uh, last time you mentioned, uh, uh, three chapters in the Fudohat that uh, 
pertained to uh, Lama Leaf, um, and was one of those chapter five? Uh, yeah, yeah, because that's that's the whole the whole uh, uh, building up to how the word Allah works, and then how the word Ar-Rahman works, and then Rahman versus Ar-Rahman. So certainly, uh, chapter five is in there too. Yeah. Okay, and so it would be chapter two, chapter five, and then yeah. uh, uh, after that. Yeah, and 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 this is, I mean, the Futahat, the chapter two is probably the hardest chapter in the entire 560 chapters. <laughs> so, and it's like right after chapter one, which is so accessible and beautifully accessible and open, all of a sudden, ooh, here comes chapter two. And you say, where is he getting all this from? <laughs> yes, I, I understand that very well. <laughs> Not the chapter, but the difficulty. <laughs> uh, the, uh, in, in chapter five, though, chapter mm -hmm. five seemed so alive to me, so, yeah. so present. Uh, it, it was... Uh, uh, really amazing, giving this additional insight into who and Allah and the interrelationship. Uh, if you could just add a couple more words to that, that would be yeah. Well, yeah, chap chapter five is is probably a very good place to start uh, before chapter two. Chapter five, um, I, I spent. You you would be amazed that actually the chapter itself there'll be one line. And but in the translation or the commentary, it's actually a paragraph because that has to be broken up. He just throws these things at us, and until we break it up, and I I have that's the most well thumbed of all the copies that I have, uh, because I was having to draw uh, visualizations at every step. So when he so when he says that uh, that there is no conversation among three, but who is the fourth? You know all of these statements, I had to draw these out and say, how could that be? Why is that? And then the moment you, the moment after months that I could visualize it, suddenly it all began to make sense. And so then, I, and then the, so the, so a few lines gets put down into one or two paragraphs to try to explain what's going on. Uh, it's, it's really very, quite beautiful. And it is, and you realize how live this, this whole, these letters are. And, um, like the sweeping of like when between the two lungs there's a sweeping and you say so what's a sweeping mean well it means this is the atlas orbit and the atlas orbit has been swept away of all uh, d definitions and marks and so it's like the brilliant black heart sky so between the two lungs you have the brilliant black sky which has been swept away of all stars and all names so i mean how he sees all of this inside there which is Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so it becomes very poetic, and then it, and then with the kun fayakun, it becomes so. You know, you think, oh my goodness, it's 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 embarrassing to read it because he's saying things without saying things. But the moment you understand where he's going with that, you say, wow, that's what he's talking about. And so later on, when he does talk about going into these things, he has a dream, which is an incestuous dream with his mother, and he says, then then he realizes that this is what is actually happening and why it has to be spoken of. Uh, calligraphically, uh, graphically with calligraphically instead of just graphically, um, and then he brings in um, this, the, the what can be said and what can't be said, and so it's 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 quite amazing what he goes through. So he he himself had to go through that. And Ibn Abbas was saying about when when Allah puts His Amr between the heavens and the sky and the earth, 
Ibn Abbas, if you were to know, if I were to tell you what that verse really says, you would all stone me or call me a kafir. And so you have to begin to see the kind of sexual imagery that's coming. And so it'd be very powerful when and Ibn Arabi, you know, talks about it. That's why it's not, we can't, we don't say certain things, not because they're esoteric, but because they'll give you the wrong idea if you don't understand what we're saying. <laughs> so. Thank you. Can I ask a question about the nature-based and spirit-based love and the difference between those? Okay, thank you for all of the poetry as well, it's beautiful. Um, one of the things that's coming to me is that spirit-based is not based on any feature or anything, but you might love someone who is manifesting the divine names like is really compassionate or really merciful or forgiving, etc that still might be a feature of that person. How do you differentiate whether it's nature-based or, or spirit-based? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and, that, and that's exactly why Ibn Abi says the lover is always tested. And I, it took me a long, long time to figure out what that, to get what that was, to be given what that was. So the lover is always tested because are you, so when, when, when God is, is giving these beautiful names the, and the, the, the Jamal names instead of the Jalal names, are we loving him because of the, their suit us, or are, they, are we loving them because they indicate him? And so, and so this is why the lover is always tested and, and, and asked to find out why are you, why are you loving? And so, you, and so this is the way that you would, you would see in, a, in, a, in the Alif Lam you know, speaking method is that, you know, when, what is it about that person that is attracting you or making you feel good about that person? Is it their behavior or their, and their outward, or is it something that is the hidden treasure inside? And then the difficulty is it could be the hidden treasure inside. And also you're getting all of these beautiful names coming at you at the same time. And so that's why it's always a continuous interrogation. And that's why Rabbi Al-Adawi, for instance, is saying, I wish that the garden were hot and horrible and the and hellfires were cool and nice because then people would love you for you not for what how they feel about things so that's this is why the dervish is always asking himself herself uh why are they why are they loving and the beloved wants to know the answer because do you see my hidden treasure or do you love me because i'm doing what you like and so it's a it's a huge question for the beloved so it's a huge question for the divine, and then it's a huge question for us because we make claims. Uh, so Fatima ibn Muthanna, uh, binti Muthanna in us in Sevilla, the one that, that was teaching Ibn Arabi when he was young especially, uh, she would say, you know, I'm amazed that people say they love God, but they don't like what he's doing. And so this is because she could only love the hidden treasure. And so whether God did nice things or not nice things uh, didn't bother her. And then that brings us to the other one is that if, but still God says all of these features and all these names are my names, but there are some I don't like. So I don't like the arrogant features. And I don't like the features which are unjust and oppressive and self-aggrandizing. And so to answer that, um, then, so then God says, 
so so I said, I don't like these features. And so the lover who loves divinely or spirit-based says, I don't like those species, those features only because you don't like those species. So it's not because oppression bothers me and all these jerks out there and all these arrogant people. It's not that they bother me by nature, it's that they bother God and therefore my beloved is upset, so I'll work for to get it. So my hair is a mess, and then you say, uh, I'll get you a comb, or my skin is all dry. I'll get you some lotion. Not because, oh, yuck, that, that, look at those ugly hands. It's because, oh, my beloved is uncomfortable. Let me get lotion to make my lover comfortable. And so, so that's how that works. Okay. Uh, Sheikha, I think, yeah, Sheikha has a raised hand, please. <laughs> you know, we're, uh... You're, we're, all, we're walking on the ground of, of my question, which is not a, a clear question, but really about the hidden essence, as you said. And because sometimes it sounds like the hidden essence is almost qualityless, but it's, it's not because it says, I love to be known. So it, to, be, to know there has to be a form, right? To know. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, so what is, is the hidden, uh, it's it a hidden form or is it, you know, uh, essence we tend to think of as qualityless uh, without forms, but um, this essence almost seems to be the essence, as you say, of all, all the forms, you know, or what is in every moment. Is, is that the hidden essence you could say? Uh, but recognizing who all this is in every moment, who it actually is. I mean, could you say something like that? Because the hidden essence always sounds like, okay, well, you get rid of all the forms and qualities and characteristics and names and then come to the essence. Even Effendi, Musaf Effendi, Rahmatullah said, he said to Sheikh Noor, he said, you've made yourself so sweet. You've, um, you know, tasted the honey, now go from the named to the one named. I mean, from the name to the one named. So, you know, you, you've bathed yourself, absorbed all these beautiful divine qualities. Now go to the one named. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so we assume that's the hidden essence. But it's not without form, would you say? Or how would you, you spoke of the black darkness and the radiant black darkness, and that's very much something of our lineage also, but that's not the hidden essence either, I don't think, is it, would you say? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's it, because you're, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, Ibn Abi keeps telling us that these are all these names and the Zat is not, not spoken of or not, not, tried to not to be known but it isn't a nothing see that's that's the thing and that's why this other and that's why it's it's the dervish that's the ilahi song with the that the face inside every face always el qarani see it's not the face inside every face is a nothing it is always el qarani and so and so the my beloved is in the face of everyone but it's still the beloved is there so, so after all the face, after I've removed the faces and gone behind the screen, it's yeah. still my beloved. It's still recognizing. Maybe the hidden treasure is really just recognizing or seeing uh, who it really is. I mean, maybe that's you know the hawk 
or something is the hidden treasure you almost like but and you brought up the, so zat and who that's always something that i've kind of wondered about how is zat related to who we speak of who as the essence name the source name but how is the two two names for somewhat the same reality well, so we have an argument for the idea of pronouns that, so the who as a pronoun, uh, the who we have as a pronoun is called lamir. And the lamir is, is that which has hidden inside of it all of these things. So I can say, look at that beautiful mountain with the sunset coming on it and has the green trees. And if I say that mountain, suddenly uh, I've included all of the things we've just talked about. So the who is the one that hidden inside all of the things we've talked about is there. So when we so and, and that's why we don't talk about the zat we talk about the who because all of the faces that we've just talked about are the face of the who. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can ask a question? <laughs> Would you say the hidden essence is the mirror? Like in calligraphy, mirror calligraphy, you never see the mirror, but that causes everything to be. Would you say that awareness of that mirror? Right, and he said that's and that's why this extremely varietal world had to come into existence because there is nothing. The barzakh, the the screen or the mirror, there's nothing in there. They're not volumes. And in fact, I used to use the word a no volume surface. That is a surface that has no volume. Um, and so you think about a bead of water that comes to it. There's nowhere to go, so the bead just beads up there. And so the mirror, as the who. This is why we love the who, whom mirror, because there's nothing inside the mirror. And so all there is, is that and that. And so you either, you see this or you see that, but there's nothing in between. So there's no separate reality. There's only the one reality seen in two different places. And the medium is a medium that has no volume that has and so Ibn Abi keeps telling us he says that there is no uh, hayala there is no there is no intercoiling volume this is a zero dimensional thing or place a place that has no dimension and because because it but it creates this side of the mirror and that side of the mirror yeah because like alif lam lam la if you read from both sides the mirror image becomes al and the Aleph, and it's actually a Hamsa because the Aleph, the moment it takes form, becomes Hamsa. And so the Aleph is, is the non-manifesting and only uh, the, uh, the Hamsa takes form. So again, that's that where the hidden essence, the Aleph it's the, that we call the Aleph itself is reflecting back to this place where it came from. And so the place that it came from is what we love. And oh. we're not put off by those things that are naturally lovable and those things that are not naturally lovable. So the awareness of this mirror, we are constantly facing the mirror, but we can't see the perfect mirror. The awareness of the mirror is really this, uh, um, I can't really formulate, but it's, it's really the awareness of this mirror that you can't see. Right, right, right. And, uh, and, uh, and so the, with, the, with, this, with this mirror, so the one who is, projecting is saying, can anyone see that I am projecting, but I'm not what is projected. I'm not only what is projected. I'm mm -hmm. what is, and so that's the, when we are babies, we learn this uh, uh, object permanence, permanence. We realize that you see, you know, peekaboo, peekaboo. So 
even though that is me, and then I hide, and then I see you see me again, uh, even though you see me, there's also another me that, that's to be seen. So that's not the last of the scene. So who can see me, recognize me, and know that, but I, and not reduce me to only what is seen? Mm, 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 mm. Thank you. Uh, it's a dynamic. It's not, it's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because it becomes a verb that, and not a noun. So it's in that and that and that the Arabic that Ibn Arabi uses is a verbal language, not a noun-based language. Because it's not things, reification and things and things and nouns, all these nouns running around. So even the al, which you think is a definitive noun, turns into kun, which is an imperative, a verb. <laughs> right. That's so there is no noun because nothing stops long enough to become a noun in a sense of or for a moment. Okay, we should. Yeah, uh, Karima's note was, as, and I, he would always love her best when she was a little rumpled. That sounds perfect. And I was just thinking that, that the, when I was growing up, the song Rebel, Rebel, you know, her face is a mess, her dress is uh, tattered, or whatever the words are. <laughs> but that's the, that's the one when a little rumpled. <laughs> so the rumpling doesn't turn you off, doesn't say, oh, that's awful rumpling. But if the person says, I don't like being rumpled, then you help her out. <laughs> Um, Shuen, a question. Um, this this seems like it's it, it's it's it seems like it's got to be too simple, but is not that thing consciousness itself? Because that's what's in everything, under all the qualities and the ornamentation, and in the chipmunk and the tree and the galaxy and the the, the processes. And isn't it just the pure consciousness that you know we can each feel in ourselves? And we were talking about that. I mean, uh, when I started uh, really diving into some of these parts of the Futaha, there was the, the just come out in Groningen uh, University that they would take molds and they and these molds would go through a, a maze and then they would wipe the mold, the maze down again and the molds would go faster and they would go faster. Now in a single cell organism, where's the brain? Where's the nervous system? So the reason they could go faster, what they learn is that the whole field is conscious or intelligent. Oh, oh. And so that so everything is intelligent. So it's it's within the field of intelligence. And so it's from Allah's heart to Allah's heart as we sing in that one. And so it's it's it is so it is consciousness or it's intelligence or it's knowing. And that that's and that's and so it's one part knowing the other part and and this and this is uh the physicist i was telling you about with this extremal variety he goes to leibniz and he's saying what's so interesting with this new way of understanding if you understand well it's the old way it's the sufi way but anyway it's this you can't understand one thing without understanding its relationship to the next thing but then you need to know its relationship to that next thing and this next thing so you come from a descartes male zero zero i'm in the center of the universe right this descartes grid and you go into a relational non-background place and that is that you can't know where what everything is until what one thing is unless you know what everything is so to begin talking about i'm you and this is karima and this is someone else i have to keep going because you're also connected to someone else who's also connected to someone else and i can't stop describing who i am until i've described the entire universe wow. It is in a way easy or easier 
to love someone you are attracted to. And of course, in a relationship, there are tests where the infatuation changes. But the, the real test is to really love someone you are not attracted to. Um, to love Allah in this being that can give you difficulty or a situation, really difficult situation that we encounter in our life. And to be able to go beyond that and be in a way in a state of sabor and um, shakur to really um, being able to eliminate all those there with, between that person where there is no natural attraction or difficulty in life. Because we don't always have a calm to offer. We don't always have a cream to offer. Uh, sometimes we have nothing to offer and we are really naked in the face of difficulty. So to really offer our love to Allah no matter what, no matter who is that person we may push all our buttons or who is a very difficult situation, which many people are encountering right now. So um, to really love Allah, the mystery really, because Allah is in everything and in everyone, but there is no image unless you know, we project from Isa or Prophet, to be totally in a place of being in a moment, no matter what, and to be grateful for what is offered. Yeah? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, that sounds, sounds like that. Well, and that's the testing, and that's, why, and that's why you've talked about that before, is that when someone comes at you and presses all the buttons, that's a, it's a mirror for yourself, and it's a test to find out what is my response. Uh, and so the test is, am I loving for spirit or divine love, or is it just what makes me feel good at the moment. And so it's that those are the tests. And so, but the, what, what's so beautiful about that is that after that test, the beloved is so happy because the beloved says, look, I gave you all these names which bothered you and were painful to you. And yet you did not let them detract from it's me. And so you loved me for who I am. And then the beloved, whether it's a human beloved or a divine beloved is internally, intensely thankful that you loved me when I was going through all of this mess and doing all these things, and you still loved me. That is, that's not all, that's your sabur, your patience for, for what I did, but then shakur, the intense thankfulness that you put up with me and still loved me. So that's, and so this divine name, intensely thankful, uh, as Ibn Arabi says, every divine name, it has its, it has its meaning here. There are no divine names that don't take place here. And so that's the one that I can see and feel taking place very much. Intensely thankful that you put up with all of this. So, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll go at one point and we'll say, you know, I'm intensely thankful that you put up with COVID. I'm intensely thankful that you put up with all this injustice that I, you know, that I dislike and that you are working to, to stop. And so that's intenseful thankfulness. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. Dr. Winkle, may yeah. I have may I ask you a question? Yes, please, Armando. Hola. Thank you. <laughs> Hola, buenas tardes. Um, actually, um, I have partial translations of this chapter, so it was great to, to, to listen to your talk today, and I hope to uh, soon, inshallah, get a copy of this 
book that you have translated is such a marvelous opportunity for for the ones who are following this this uh, master Ibn Arabi. And my question is uh, in regards to the lama leaf as a combination as a pair one might say of an, as an image of two archetypes that recurrently appear in the Futu Hat, in my view. Perhaps I'm wrong, perhaps, maybe you can um, help me to understand this. Uh, and the Lana Leaf as, for instance, because as they're entwined, it kind, kind of alludes to a certain union uh, that combines polarity and correspondence at the same time, pretty much like very much like uh, the intellect and the universal soul or the column and the tablet, the universal tablet and such and such. The different images that constantly uh, are used in the Futuhat to, to refer to this universal model perhaps of um, alluding to this bidirectional of, you know, this polarity that is bidirectional and that conceives the multiplicity of creation. And would you say that this is, I mean, considering the fact that from the point of view of Imal Huruf, the number value and the symbolic, the element that symbolizes each of the letters and makes a perfect marriage, so to say, number one, number 30, uh, the fire and earth as elements joined together. Would you say that this, it could be also read in these terms? Yeah, yeah, uh, so, and that's why we're looking at, in his poetry and then as these, this bi-directional. And so when, the, when two things, when two vectors or two numbers strike each other, then you either get fusion, which, which they're amalgamated, they're one block, and you say that's one, or you get the one slipping behind the other and you say that's two. So one times one is one, and sometimes it's one times one is two. And so, and so that depends on whether you're looking at fusion or this, or this uh, sliding behind each other. And we also looked at that when you project, uh, when I have two things here, they can be very far apart, but they project as, as if they're very close. So again, okay. that's, that's the, it depends on what angle you're looking at. The, and so numbers are multidimensional and they're not just the one dimension. And so you have to depend on which dimension or angle you're looking at to find out what's happening. And the Aleph the, and then the Lam is a three or 30. Yes, yeah, so there's three, then it, 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 that begins, a lot of the stuff comes from there, the one and the three. And so when these are together, they, they, have, they have their, um, they have the briefest moment of stability and, and then they unknot again. And so everything is forever uh, nouning and verbing. <laughs> so it's nouning and verbing. And so, and so we're watching uh, which, where we are at the moment. And this is happening you know, and, and faster than we can, we can imagine. It's ha it's, or you could say it's happening with every breath. And so, and so all of these truths are fusion or, or slipping behind. And so that's how the poetry then, uh, sometimes he just speaks uh, from, you know, the I, 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 meaning God speaking, or it's I and you and who, and who is who, and so you get back and forth. And so, the, and that's why poetry is so beautiful about this, because poetry won't let us stay to one place and say, he said this in prose and therefore it's fixed. So prose, poetry lets us move. And that's why the imagery of poetry is like moving across the ship of the sand that's going across in chapter eight. 
And so that's the image of poetry, that it's always moving and, and new things are happening at all times. And with the extremal variety, all things have to be different, maximally different from the next thing every moment. So there are multi, a multiple variety of possibilities of reading this, not because when we think of union, we think of uh, passively, rather, that's what I was saying to you, polarity in terms of correspondent, but also antagonism at times, right? Right, right. And, that's why, and that's why, you know, coming at the Futuhat after kind of a Sufi literature background, uh, whatever I know from Sufi literature, I was always very confused. Why doesn't Ibn Arabi talk about union and, uh, you know, wusul? Why doesn't he talk about union and things like that? And because he talks about linkages, linking, and so, and so wusul is, is coming into union and then going back out again. So there's no, oh, I'm, a, I'm a, an arrived Sufi and I'm here and I'm all in union with God. That just doesn't, there's just no such thing. It's, you, it's union and then back and then union and back. And then and we don't even know when we're being uni unified and when we're not being unified. So, Thank you. Beautiful experience. Thank you. Salam, uh, Dr. Winkle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nasser, you have a you have a uh, uh, question. Yeah. You want to explain that? Say say that a little bit more. Say yeah. That. This is about focus, uh, Dr. Eric. Uh, to focus is basically uh, to deny, so that we can zoom into one thing. So is it is it uh, when we say La ilaha illallah, we focus on Allah, we deny everything else. So can we apply that in our everyday life to use, uh, to focus is to deny everything else in the case of extreme varieties. Uh, okay, so there's, there, there's, if you draw, if you take a, take, take a picture or a blank piece of paper, uh, that blank piece of paper has, has everything on it. And, and Pablo uh, uh, tells us beautifully, but the blank piece of paper is all potential. Everything is there. It could be the next thing that could be written could be the greatest poem that's ever been written. And then you put a dot there and that brings your eyes into a focal point. And so a focal point is this dot. And so, uh, but what with Ibn Arabi, that dot of zero dimension is, it opens up to this blank page again. And so when you focus on one thing, you then see that behind it are all things. And so this sort of graphically, uh, if, you take, if you take this point, and then you see that the point, when you turn it this way, is a stick. And then the stick, when you turn it this way, is a great circle. And then this great circle, when it's turned another way, is the sphere. So you realize that contained in that dot is all of these, are all of these shapes. And so, the circumference and the center point are related. We did that, I think, one of the, back in April, uh, that the center point and the circumference are so related that to go from the center point, you end up in the circumference. You don't go through the, the space here. You go from center point to circumference because they're the same thing. And so if you can remember uh, video games like the Pac-Man, that you would go off the screen here and then you would come back on the screen here. So that's an example. That's the way the center point, as soon as it moves, it becomes the, the circumference. And then, there's, and then the circumference, of course, is divine, and the center point is divine, and everything in between is the mirror images that are coming out. 
but there is no divine place between these two because in the center point, this circumference is contained. You can't have a circumference unless you have a center point. You can't have a center point unless you have this circumference. And so this way, Ibn Arabi is saying, when you focus on the one thing, you then see all things. And you can, and just what we talked about, the Descartes is the zero, zero. You have a zero comma zero. That's the place that every man is. We're all the center of the universe. Um, but then the relational graph is quite different because to me, to know me is to know who this person is and then who she is and who he is and who she is. And by the end of the time, I've described the entire universe to explain only what one person is. So. <laughs> So that's Ibn Arabi's very strange geometry. <laughs> okay. So, so good to be with you. We have a bit of time. Yes, Omar, for Omar we've got time. Do we have time for... We've got Omar. Okay, thanks. Yes, thanks, thanks. Uh, speaking about spiritual-based love, which is recognizing who is acting behind the veil, and therefore recognizing the essence behind the form. And, and, and we just said that there is no in-between, there is essence and form. So recognizing the essence behind the form. But tell me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to imagine it using thinking of the, of the screen and of the light, projection light, uh, projection light behind the screen and all that is in-between that is being projected. Of course, the moment we leave the light itself, the light itself being the who, the essence, everything is form. So what is between the screen and the light is form, and therefore there's only light and form. But we are on the screen, and sometimes recognition, when, 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 when all of us have had the experience that you hit somebody's eye and there is some sort of recognition there, right? So, so there is a communality that is being shared, and I wonder whether recognitions have to go all the way back to the light because that means you recognize everything in the same measure. Here we are having a recognition that is particularized, almost like a particularized essence. Of course, it's not the essence, but it's, it's, it's somewhere closer, less far away from the essence than we are on the screen and a certain form that, that we share. So, so I'm not saying that the essence extends beyond one. Of course not. Anything without a form, there is only one. But, but forms run infinitely from the projection screen and the light or vice versa. Uh, and, and I wonder whether recognition does not happen in a particularized way. Um, otherwise, I would recognize everything that I see exactly the same because they all share the same essence. But, there is a particularization in recognition. Um. Okay. Well, a few things. So the screen being having some kind of uh, layered effect. So Ibn Arabi talked about tabaka, so this layering. So there is a layering situation that's going on. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something. But uh, he also is, is also directing us to that, there, that this particularization, that there is no least tremendous name that I can show you the most tremendous name. So they are all equally effective at, as, as indicating. So there's no one name which is more indicative of God than another name, which, and so we got, you know, and so there is no name, whether a human name or a divine name, and they're all divine names, which is more indicative of God than any other name. 
So what we're then we're just so we're looking at how do we go straight to look that way, and this is when, this is I mean, you do, you mentioned the eye thing. You look at there that you can look at someone's eye at some very close at some moment, and you see in the eye, and it's startling. And what's startling is that you've just seen the one who's looking at the mirror. And that's why it's really wild. It's so so. Allah is looking at the mirror, the mirror is the image. So I look at this person who, and I look in the eyes and suddenly, and this is more than the mirror of the soul or, it's, or the window of the soul, suddenly you see that someone is looking at that mirror. And so it's a very strange and wild experience of, of suddenly seeing the one who is looking. And so, uh, and so there, and, and that seeing the one who's looking, there's no distance there because Ibn Arabi keeps telling us it's zero dimension. There is no space. And so there's, there's no place that it has, so it can't be far or near. So far is the same as near, near is the same as far, up is the same as down. So the, so the ascent of the mirage and the isra is the same as the descent, the nazul of Allah in the third, of the cherisher in the third part of the night. So the ascent and the, and the descent are the same because it's zero dimension. It's not a spatial place. So, and so that's how, and so every single entity, every ayin has, is, being looked at by the one and so every one of them is equally able to see who's looking at that one and so all of these eyes are have a zero dimensional essence in in them or shining at them or doing tajalli at them and so and none of those tajallis are better than the other tajalli it's only our preparation and our istidad whether we can accept to see them what it is. And so this is the thing about Ibn Arabi also that blows your mind is that they're not like good things and pious states. And that's why it says in the Elias says, I don't want these passing states, these ahwal, the hal. Don't give me the hal. Don't give me the experience or the emotion. Just give me the truth. And the truth is that none of these, there's no more pious place or more religious place. And in fact, when they were going on that, the flying carpet, they saw the beautiful meadow down below. He said, I think it'd be great to do the salat in that meadow. Suddenly he could not fly anymore because there is no place that is better to see God than any other place and no name, which is more tremendous. So if, if, all, if it was just you and me in the world, that would be enough for, I, I don't need to have someone who's better or worse than Omar. I just, just need the one person because the one I will take me to where I need to go. Yeah, and uh, Shweb, if we we are the hidden treasure, or oneself. I mean, myself is the hidden treasure, and of course, in each, yeah. And I, because when he, and he when he says you're when he says you know the guy throws the stone and says you're you are the most tremendous name, but then Ibn Arabi says, uh, and he says you you know singular second person you are the most tremendous name of god and then he said you might say but you know i'm like everyone else blah 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 and he says no i meant you you are the most and if you sit with that long enough it gets really strange because you're saying that you are the most tremendous name of god and not i mean baki is a more better candidate than me she's much nicer than i am why can't she be the most tremendous name but no 
everyone <laughs> at every stage. And so because of that extreme variety, since, since I'm not at all, you know, Bach and I are different, that extreme variety is necessary. And then we have to endure it patiently. We have to be sabur saying, I can't be as nice as I want to be nice. And then Allah is intensely thankful to thank God, thank me, that you, that you accepted these names and you allowed yourself to not have the most handsome jawline in the world, for instance. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> So, well, thanks very much. So let's do this every week, uh, and, uh, and it, but it won't be the 21 slides. I need to really keep it down, three or four slides. So, but every week, inshallah. So. Okay, well, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you.